Well, Alex, five weeks Hi, are Jason. in. Five weeks are in the five weeks. <laughs> My five win streak. <laughs> 10 weeks are in the books. My five week, my five week win streak blazing start is also in the books. Uh, as you know, as the listeners know, I started 0 and 5 or 0 and 4. I started 0 and 4. You should be dead. Rattled off a couple of season altering trades after my plummet. Who cares? Nobody cares about your fantasy team. Was able to trade away both Allen Robinson and Calvin Ridley. Uh, got Mike Evans and Michael Pittman back. Um, and now in our league, both Calvin Ridley and Allen Robinson are free agents. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, honestly. And you traded Dalvin Cook for Jonathan Taylor before he exploded. You've had a really good year trading and people should stop trading with you in our league. Um, yeah, we, we before we started recording, Jason's like, hey, um, go and short, sort by roster percentage. Look at some of these guys. And like Chase Edmonds is out there and Ridley's available and Allen Robinson's there. Like Zach Ertz or somebody like that. Kenny Galladay. Like, but still, there's dudes. You should always, every single week, go in and sort by roster percentage zone because you just never know who's going to be sitting there. Maybe a Gronk is sitting there because he's been up every week and you just you just never know who's going to be out there. So that's, there's your waiver advice for the week. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krobe. Let's go! Fantasy Football Sackos, 10 weeks in the books. What the hell? I thought we were done. <laughs> what do you mean? That was, <laughs> this is just to get good, man. This is the push uh, to the playoffs. I thought that was our whole show. No, 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 that's not the whole show. We have week 11 waivers. Um, yeah, you're going to see the waiver strategy tends to turn a little bit uh, about this time of year. A couple things I start doing is, uh, and I've already done it in our league because I'm convinced I have a playoff, a playoff uh, seat. Playoff. Playoff. I am uh, convinced I have a playoff seat locked down and I will make the postseason in our league of record this year. Um, but so a couple things I've started to do just to bolster my playoff situation is I've started to pick up uh, defenses that I, I, I do carry multiple defenses about this time of year. I look for defenses that have complementary schedules as well as very attractive playoff schedules. So oh, hello, especially for somebody that I don't know, put up 99 or a hundred percent of their fab and you don't have any money to spend on defenses each week, or you don't like spending your fab on defenses. Why don't you just go ahead and pick one up early? So that's something that I do. Um, and then the other thing as, uh, as we move into those chilly winter months, you cold. You need a handcuff. You know, it's True. handcuffing season. It's cuffing season. And so I've started to handcuff my studs as well. Just in case anything, I don't know, Grinch-like were to happen as we move towards Christmas. Don't forget the whips and chains. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what? Are you reading Fifty Shades of Grey? No, it's a, I mean, come on. I, that I, a Christmas sing Carol? Like, I missed that I only one. sing like two songs on this podcast. Whips and chains, handcuffs, make a little booty up with my belt, scream help, play my game. Um, and I, I actually have another song later. So if, if you didn't like the first song, um, there will be another song later. So I, I don't think, I don't think anybody did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 10 weeks, 10 weeks in the book. We have some week 11 waiver wire ads, especially somebody that Alex Krogh, Mr. Crow is going to eat some crow on. And that's who we're going to oh, start whatever. with. 
That's crap. This is I, complete crap. I'm not eating any crow on this. <laughs> There's no crow to eat. There's literally no crow to eat. In my mind, the number one waiver wire priority pickup this week is Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson. Stud running back rostered in just under 30% of ESPN leagues. Uh, rocketed out the gates against Cleveland. 20 carries, 100 yards, two scores, four catches, 14 yards, 25 fantasy points in half PPR scoring, which is our scoring mode of choice. Definitely, by far and away, I think the number one waiver wire ad this week. Uh, are you spending any fabulous on him, or are you just going to eat the crow and move on? No, no crow to eat. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that that was predicated on Damian Williams or Damian Harris, Harris being 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 healthy, which he was out with a concussion. My assumption is he's coming back. Um, Did Ramondre, not practice today. Well, that's because they have a Thursday night game. They have to issue an injury report of would they have practiced, and he still has not cleared concussion protocol. So it's possible it's Ramondre's gig again this week. Uh, pretty solid matchup against the Falcons. Um, pretty solid. Pretty solid. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he looked good. He was catching passes out of the backfield. Brandon Bolden's still there. Um, but uh, I, I made the unfortunate mistake of starting James Robinson last minute over Ramondre. Ramondre. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you should add him. Uh, rookie running backs tend to come on a little bit uh, later in the season. He's had a couple uh, did, did not suit up games. Uh, coach's decision. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, nowadays everybody want to talk quick. They got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish and motherfuckers act like they forgot about Ramondre. So, um, it's, um, I was wondering where it was going to go once you started that. And then it was like, oh, you were going with the Dre. Yeah. The Dre. Look at that. Yeah. I've, I've already sang that song a couple times on the podcast and it fits another person. Um, so. Yeah, he, he was really good. I, I don't know what else you want me to say. I think he's worth an ad. I'm assuming Damian Harris doesn't clear concussion protocol for this week's game. Um, and because of that matchup, I think he's at RB2 at worst uh, with RB1 upside um, just because of the matchup. And if they're going to give him the goal line carries, um, they seem to not really let Mac Jones. I mean, he throws to Hunter Henry down at the goal line. Johnny Smith's basically been out the whole year, uh, or at least it seemed like it. Um, so yeah, I love, I love Ramondre in this spot in a great matchup, even though I try to generally avoid Thursday night games just cause they can be a little wonky. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a great pickup and play. Um, I'm assuming that it's a one week, one week play. If you're desperate, if you're um, four and six and you gotta yeah, be making go. these playoffs. Yeah. If, I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where it's worth it. Just go all in and get them for a one week, a one week win because you have you have to win. And I mean, each of the last three weeks. So he's had eight, 10 and 20 carries um, after a, a coach's decision did not play against the, the Jets. But before they had five and 11 carries. So after a, a really slow start as a rookie running back, Bill Belichick and, and McDaniels have kind of worked him in a little bit more. If you really need a win, just go all in. He seems to be the out of the week uh, for a one week buffer. Um, if you do not need to go all in to win, um, I think this is probably a 15 to 20 percent play. It's later in the season at this point. Um, the next the next week or two is good, um, but I, I do have concerns after that. Uh, the schedule is at Buffalo starting week 13 uh, by week and week 14. So that inherently brings his value down a little bit. And then they finish with at Indy, home against Buffalo, um, and then home against Jacksonville, which is a good matchup, obviously. Um, but you could be looking at snow game in in um, in New England the last couple of weeks that are in New England. So um, I, I think it does limit his upside at least a little bit, and I'm expecting Damian Harris to come back. He is my body is too fabulous for you, babe, player ad of the week. He's 
That was worse than anything I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> Just downright awful. Oh my God. Oh, I think he's a great ad. You know why? Because I think he balls out again next week on Thursday night football. And then you know what you can do? You can try to trade him because guess what? Most people's trade deadline is coming up November 26th. Uh, is the ESPN default trade deadline, uh, I believe, which is a week from Friday, because I'm assuming we also use the default trade deadline for ESPN. Uh, let me double check that, uh, only because I know you guys were complaining one year about it. it's too early. So let me let me double check that. So anyways, I would uh, try to grab him, scoop him, and then uh, pass him along, because as Alex mentioned, that playoff schedule is not that appealing um next up our next ad of the week is deonta foreman of the tennessee titans uh rostered in a whopping whopping one percent of espn leagues deonta foreman led the titans in snaps with more than a third of all snaps uh he had 11 carries turned him into 78 yards he also had two targets um and I, I like this ad just because I think Adrian Peterson was brought there and confirmed it's not really the answer confirmed what everybody thought. And that is Adrian Peterson is washed, completely washed eight carries, one target, 20 yards. Uh, McNichols, not much better four carries and three targets with eight yards. So yeah, I'm really disappointed that McNichols hasn't done much or they haven't been chucking the ball down to him more. It's crazy that they kind of brought in two guys off the scrap heap um, to come in and are basically giving them both more run than they are somebody that you've had on your roster all year. Like, what the hell is that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Foreman. Meanwhile, goes from the least used back in week nine, but looking the best to now being the most utilized back in week 10, having the most snaps, touches and yards. So, uh, you know, with with it being a three headed committee, I don't love it. But what I guess what I'm hoping is Adrian Peterson continues to be marginalized because, well, he should be. Um, I think he's the only one really worth rostering out of the three. I just hope and pray that AP does not remain the goal line back because that that, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, Foreman has some size though too. Like he's not a small dude. Um, it does annoy me that with him only being rostered in one percent of ESPN leagues, uh, part of that one percent is our league of record. Um, because that just figures. How much fab are you going to spend on Deonta Foreman? I'm spending zero dollars. I'm spending literally zero fab on Foreman. Are you going to put in a claim or are you just going to not even bother to do that? Maybe, maybe a zero bid. Maybe Um, half of his production came on one catch for 39 yards. So yeah, he had eight and eight point eight points, literally 4.4 of that in a half PPR league comes on one catch, which in my mind is generally going to be McNichols. Um, the Houston matchup so, does not intri- intrigue you at all at home this week. He he I mean, averaged two and a half yards per carry against the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are the, in the top three against uh, running backs this season. Like, I'm not surprised by that. But 11 carries and 13 touches against most teams? I don't know because, I mean... Their best goal line back might be Ryan Tannehill at this point. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, wow. He's got a rushing touchdown each of the last two weeks, I believe. Um, at the goal. Yeah. Just doing Tannehill he sne- things. He had a sneak this week and uh, a bootleg uh, the week before against the Rams. So, yeah, I. Um, yeah, Houston's a great matchup. Um, if you're putting a lot of stock in Deonta Foreman, who wasn't. He was on a practice squad up until two weeks ago. Um, I just, I just don't really see it. Okay, I, I, I agree to the matchups great, but I, I hope you have better options. 
That's all. That's all I'm saying. Because it, uh, it would not surprise it would not surprise me to see McNichols or Peterson or Foreman be super effective in this game, and picking the one that it's going to be is like picking the the Eagles running back that's going to be good. Like you just don't know. That's fair. I'll give it to you. Not even going to fight you. I think I would also do a zero bid on Foreman. And it's only because it's a three-headed backfield and AP is currently getting the goal line touches. Yeah. Uh, To clear up an earlier mistake, well, not really a mistake, I guess. Our league's trade deadline is Friday, uh, November 26th. However, the ESPN deadline... It's December 1st. It's smart, and it's not after a Thursday game for some reason. It is Wednesday, December 1st. (laughs) So, good job, ESPN, for being smarter than my commissioner. Ouch. Oh, is that you? Are you the commissioner? Oh, man. Wow. Funny how that happens. It was more of a head on. Next up, our next. I was listening. Our next ad this week <laughs> in uh, week 11 waivers is the Ernest Johnson. Uh, dude is an absolute baller, man. Uh, played 90% of the snaps and led the Browns and carries with 19 targets, eight and receptions, seven, uh, 157 yards, 23 fantasy points. Nick Chubb has a good chance to return next week. However, uh, so that makes uh, DeErnest a little bit lower on our list. Um, I guess, but it's against Detroit, and everybody runs against Detroit. Yes, and also if Chubb reaggravates his injury, DeErnest is easily a low end RB one. Yeah. At, at worst, probably. Um, I, I think everybody's assuming Chubb's coming back because he was just on the COVID list. Um, so, oh, I, yes. Duh. I, I think, I, I think, well, yeah, but Chubb has that pre existing injury that he's coming back from still. So, actually, I think a, a COVID week off actually might even help him get healthier. Um, and Kareem's the, still on IR with the calf. Yep. So, Ernest should be a provisional $0 ad. Um, he has really high upside if Chubb gets hurt. Um, but again, this is a handcuff play um, who I think will get eight to 10 carries and a blowout win over over the Lions this week. Yeah. Were you surprised at all by the lack of offensive production from Baker and company through the air? Not really, because the Patriots have a really good defense. And as soon as the Browns get down, um, their offense is like poop. Okay, fair. Uh, yeah. Case Keenum came in, completed 8 for 12 when Baker went 11 for 21. 11 yeah, for 21 I, for 73 whopping yards. That a boy, Baker. This, this is not fancy football related, but there, if I'm the Browns, there's no way I'm re-signing him to a giant contract. Um, you, can, you can find somebody out, like, try to go get out, go get, like, Aaron Rodgers or Russ Wilson or... I don't know, trade for Deshaun Watson or just do something. I, I don't think uh, signing Baker Mayfield's the answer. Yeah, agree. Next up, I have Ty Johnson. He only played a third of the snaps in week 10. However, he still did have eight targets. Caught five of them for 36 yards. Wasn't able to spring one this week like he has in weeks past. Uh, however, did finish with almost 10 fantasy points. Um, I like Mike White again. I like what he's been able to do this offense. I'm hoping Zach Wilson never comes back ever, um, except throwing four picks. But that's beside the point. I mean, it's besides the point. It was against the Bills. Like what? No, I don't think anybody thought he was gonna have a great day. But he's got the Dolphins up next, and then the Texans. And guess what? He's- he Zach still threw Wilson? for over his prop bet, which is 237 yards. Thank you. And Zach Wilson would have thrown five. So. Maybe six. At least. <sighs> if he even completed a pass, let alone threw for threw 230 plus yards. Um, Ty Johnson is fine. Uh, he's had, you know, 10 or more points in uh, four straight weeks before last week, which was just 6.3. Um, so 
I um I don't like the Miami matchup. Miami's defense has figured it out. They were they were super pissed against the Ravens. Um and they were super pissed against Houston before is that. that. A, is that a technical term? Is there super a super pissed? Yeah, is there like a statistic that you got behind uh being super pissed? Yeah. Uh is that when, one word, two words? Uh S S P for short. Uh when defenses are are SP, um, they will just destroy an offense and they were SP'd. That there's there's nothing <laughs> nothing else to really say about it. Um so Miami SP defense. Um I they're they're gonna destroy the Jets this week, I think. Um the Jets play good like once every like once a, once a month, right? They beat the Titans somehow, they beat the Bengals somehow, and then they just suck for a month. I think they've given up what four. I want to say I saw it to six. I don't know if it was like um, th- that they gave up forty plus points in three out of four games or something like that. So um, to New England, Indy, and Buffalo, uh, three out of the last four weeks. So um yeah i I would expect a a bloodbath in new york or new jersey uh by the spd of miami the spd man that's that's... i was just trying to i was just trying to keep my letters right honestly i was focusing so hard (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay next up i have for you wayne gallman that's right we digging deep now. Wayne Gallman rostered in a whopping 0.7% of ESPN leagues. Good goal of you bringing him up. 15 rushing attempts against Dallas for 55 yards. Did also muster a single catch for 21 yards. I mean, Cordero Patterson has an ankle injury uh, might be a I high hate when, I hate when announcers just say he has an ankle he's got an ankle like, yeah uh, also my little my little daughter is just screaming on the wall right next to me so I'm very curious as if, if the mic is picking it up or not let's hope not um, <laughs> is that you or Maggie don't worry about it <laughs> the court uh, Cordero Patterson has an ankle injury it might be a high ankle uh, sounds like he probably will not play against the Patriots again crappy matchup um, but maybe it's a multi-week absence one and two maybe Wayne Gallman jumped Mike Davis Mike Davis had a really bad drop in that game uh, after Cordero was on the sideline. It was like a third down play that hey, the game is basically over, but um, still, nevertheless, he dropped it. Um, I mean, the, the game was a blowout when Gallman was doing anything. They were just trying to get the game over. Um, I don't think he should be rostered. Um, they're going to get destroyed by the Patriots defense this week. Um, if you want to add them, that's fine. Um, not my cup of tea, though. That is a deeper league ad. Um, the one guy that I would pick up at running back over all these dudes, obviously he, well, uh, he almost qualifies for this, but doesn't because he's rostered in more than 50% of leagues, but he should be rostered in every single 12 team league. Um, especially the next month potentially is AJ Dillon for the green Bay yeah. Packers. Uh, now Aaron Jones left the Packers game against the Seahawks with an MCL. They're saying it could be a couple weeks. I don't know. They are first place in the division. Maybe they take it easy on him, especially if they, I don't know, win the next two weeks. Then they have a week 13 bye. I just, I think Aaron Jones probably comes back at the earliest week 14 against Chicago. So you're looking, I think, at least at a two-week rental. Yeah, that's the earliest. But, I mean, realistically, they could just, if they get up big enough and whatever, they get comfortable. I don't know. Maybe they keep them um, week 16 at home against Cleveland? Week 17, home against Minnesota? Man, that would be crazy if that was A.J. Dillon and not Aaron Jones for those two weeks. Those are pretty tasty. 
Yeah, and again, if if you are in a must-win situation, this is a hundred percent bid for AJ Dillon. Um, yeah, if he's there, it, it might. Yeah, I mean, it might be a hundred percent bid, even if you don't have to win. Um, it it kind of depends on on what your threshold is here. Um, at Minnesota, home against the Rams the next two weeks. Those are for sure. AJ Dillon locked in. You saw what he did this week. Um, once he was, I mean, one hundred and twenty-eight yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns in. And, you know, not a full game production. Um, so, yeah, I he's he's a must. He's a borderline RB one uh, the next two weeks um, just in that offense and what they tend to do when he is the the lead back. And that's give him the ball at the goal line. So um, I would expect big things out of A.J. Dillon um, again, rostered in fifty nine point six percent of ESPN leagues. Um, he is the must add of the week, but technically doesn't qualify because he's over 50% for what we do on this waiver show. But um, yeah, he's, he's, our, he's the guy. Yeah, he's it, our it, just it, in case. Yeah, he, he should be. He should be. Depending on what your fab situation is, he would be an all in move for the next couple of weeks because we're, we're getting down there and you, you can't take it with you. Right now. I don't have any more running backs. Is there anybody that I missed? Anybody you wanted to chit chat on? No, I don't think so. Did you want to talk at all about um, Jeff Wilson Jr. at all? Oh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, no sites really have anything on him yet just because the game just literally ended. Um, it's I I hesitate to uh, to yeah, take he was, a stab was, at what the yeah, snap he, share was. He is but, yeah, he's rostered in 9.5% of leagues. He had 10 carries tonight against the Rams. Um, there was 28 yards. We were, yeah, as we were sitting here kind of getting ready uh, to record, um, like Jeff Wilson Jr. was getting all the carries to start the second half, it seemed like. And then like we looked away and all of a sudden Elijah Mitchell had 28 carries at the end of the game. So uh, maybe it's not that much to worry about, but Jeff Wilson Jr. is definitely the handcuff to um, to Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers. And we've talked about it repeatedly on the show. Their schedule is just so freaking great down the stretch. That he's probably worth rostering again uh, after this week. Uh, they're at Jacksonville, Minnesota, at Seattle, at Cincy, Atlanta at Tennessee home against Houston week 17 whoever the lead back is is a league winner um so I I think he should be rostered in more than nine percent of leagues and is a great speculative ad um going forward yeah how much fab would you spend on Jeff Wilson I'm just I'm torn on what to do I don't think you have to spend anything to get him you don't think so no he's fine under the radar after getting 10 carries and primetime football. Yeah. We wondered aloud when Elijah Mitchell was going to get back on the field because we, we didn't know if he was healthy. Did he tweak the rib? Like, was he coming back? And then all of a sudden it's just the Jeff Wilson takeover in week 10. Um, I'm still looking for snaps, but uh, yeah, there's nothing to worry about. Mitchell still had 27 carries for 91 yards and really just iced the game. Um, But yeah, um, Jeff Wilson, 10 carries. So just somebody to be aware of. I don't think that you need to go crazy, um, but he looked good. Uh, I do have the final snap count per Nathan Janke. Excuse me if I butchered that. Um, final snap count LA versus San Fran Elijah Mitchell 36 Jeff Wilson 22 out of 68 plays so 60-40 yeah 66-33 yeah with Jermichael Hasey inactive I'm I'm not I guess super worried about it but man and how about R- Elijah Mitchell 27 carries and RIP to Trey Sermon truthers <laughs> rough <laughs> guys I mean I he should be dropped everywhere. He should be dropped yeah. everywhere right now. Would you yeah. hold? Would you hold Trey Sermon in Dynasty, or would you just let him go back to the sea? I mean, the 49ers could draft another seventh round running back next year. Like, yeah, who knows? Like, who knows? It's it's probably just as easy to let him go. Honestly, let it be. 
All right. Well, that I think is going to do it for running backs this week. Um, first up at wide receiver is somebody that Alex has gone back and forth with on <laughs> on even adding to his own team, added him a couple times, dropped him, uh, added him, dropped him again, and now he's on somebody else's team. And that is Rashad Bateman. Uh, rostered in about a third of ESPN leagues did have another fine outing at Miami this week, eight targets, six catches, 80 yards, 11 fantasy points and half PPR scoring at Chicago up next at home against Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Those don't really intimidate me, uh, given the, their current s- status. Um, so I, I like the Rashad Bateman uh ad right now quite honestly i think he's easily turning into the number i mean he is the number two on that offense at this point i think uh he could compete for number one in targets over marquise brown by the end of the season what i will also say is that holy crap whoever thought that lamar and company would have almost a pass first offense this season just by virtue of all the dearth of injuries at running back because holy crap do they they yeah they still can't run the ball it's still just Lamar but um to their receiving course benefit are you gonna run out there and try to pick up Rashad Bateman again yeah well you can't because now he's on a different team mm, bummer um yeah i I wish he was still on my roster. I believe his over under for yardage uh, the other on Thursday night football was like 35 yards and he finished with six for 80. Um, Eight targets each of the last two games, six targets in his first two games that he was active this season. Um, Seems like he has a pretty like a relatively okay uh, floor um, where he's going to get at least four to five catches a game. Um, hasn't scored a touchdown yet. I would expect that to come with the way that Lamar's been throwing. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Miami had the blueprint to kind of stifle them where like the Ravens did nothing in that game um, until garbage time, um, which Lamar opened it up to throw to Bateman and Andrews. So um, the Chicago one is a pretty decent matchup for wide receivers. I would expect him and Marquise Brown to do well. Um, Bateman's rostered 32.5% of leagues. I, I think he's a solid flex play going forward. Easily. Um, in, in my mind, um, I, I don't really like their playoff schedule, um, which is home against Green Bay, which Green Bay's defense has looked really, really great the last couple of weeks. Um, at Cincinnati, um, just not great from a weather, potential weather. And it's a, AFC North kind of bloodbath game where I would be shocked if if it's very high scoring and then home against the Rams um, is not very appealing either although they got destroyed Debo Samuel destroyed them uh, tonight so um, yeah I I think he's a fine ad Um, I don't think I'd spend more than 10% on him Um, but I, I think he's an effective wide receiver if you're in a tight spot going forward agree um and 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 the touchdown's going to come at some point not like a jacoby myers like you're going to be waiting a year and a half for it to come by the way started him this week finally scored but it was their backup quarterback so i don't know if it really counts um so i i would expect him to finish the season with you know two to three maybe four touchdowns um, just with with how many targets he's getting and the fact that he has zero so far, um, you would expect to see some touchdown progression uh, going his way um, here down the stretch. So uh, don't be surprised if he if he scores this week. Do you think that Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman have the potential? I don't want to call them busts, but do you think that they have a potential to let fantasy managers down next season? Because in my opinion, there's no way that they pass this much again next year. Why? Because they'll have JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. 
Yes, that's fair. But their offense is they, so involved. Is they cannot is move the ball on the ground. That's fair. But I also think that it's going to only help them keep drives alive. Right. Like. Like Le'Veon Bell is not the answer. Um, Latavius Murray's not, you know, he, he has kind of like a, like a shell. Yeah. Uh, Freeman's looked overly mediocre. Um, and, and you look at some like Marquise Brown, his targets the last three weeks is 14, 12 and 13. Like that is legitimate wide receiver one targets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Lamar you, wasn't you throwing it. Lamar no, was throwing the ball like 20, 25 times a game last season. And now he's, you know, well over that. But they. It's a good question. It's a fair question. I don't know. Obviously, we're we're going to be looking at it, but it's not like he's. So the last couple of weeks, he's thrown 40 times. But before yeah, that, there's it, no it, way in hell Lamar Jackson should be throwing 40 passes a game. Yeah, but they were way behind in the Miami game. Um, like the first couple of weeks, 30, 26, 31, 37, 43, 27, 31. Like, and Marquise Brown in some of those games had like a, like a 25, 30% target share. Like, yeah. But look at the touch, the passing touchdowns week to week for Lamar. He's only one, had two. One. One. He's only had two multi-passing touchdown weeks. Right. So you couple that with the fact that I think he probably throws less next year. And I think that you have the potential for a couple letdown receivers in Baltimore. You know, it's just it's it's like maybe people always assume that whoever is the next person behind is like always going to be able to replicate. I don't know, 80 to 100% of whatever the person in front of them did. But that takes a very, even still, a very talented player to be able to do that. Like, you lose Odell Beckham Jr. in Cleveland, and like everybody, people were grasping at straws to get DPJ on their team. And that offense just looked like trash. And you have Darnest Johnson lead the team in receptions this week. Like, here in for Baltimore, you have two starting running backs get hurt and all of a sudden it's just a pass first team. They just like, I think you get those guys back and the offense changes in recognition of those guys coming back. So probably I would also say that if, Hey, if you're going to run 65, 65 plays a week, right? You're going to have 12 to 15 design runs between for J.K. Dobbins and for Gus Edwards. So that's 24 to 30 carries for the two of them. You're probably going to have another 5 to 10 design runs for Lamar, which already gets you up to 40 of the 65, 70 plays. So yeah, you're looking at 25 to 30 pass attempts a week, probably. And for both of those guys, you're going to have to have a 33% target share and... <laughs> To, to get to 10, 10 targets a week, plus you throw Mark Andrews in there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's probably about right. They'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. Not, 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 I, I would expect them both to take a step back neck. Like I, I think Bateman will ascend a little bit and that will end up offsetting Marquise Brown, at least a little bit, um, making them like both, like low end wide receiver two flex plays, right? Somewhere yeah. in there. That's what I would go with. Next up, playing 53% of the snaps this week, Elijah Moore. Welcome back, Corey Davis and Jameson Crowder. Um, that kind of sucks for Elijah Moore. He played 60% of snaps in week nine, down 5% this week. Uh, Corey Davis immediately steps in playing 84% of the snaps in week 10 after missing a couple weeks. So that hurts. It stings a little bit. Uh, he did see six targets. He caught three of them for 44 yards and a score fourth straight game with at least six targets and double digit fantasy points in all four of those games. Uh, 
with also a combined four scores. So I think there's a ton of upside here, but I just want him to see the field more. Um, and I know it's just a rookie thing. I just, I hope that he eventually leapfrogs Crowder at least to see more playing time. I don't know if he'll even be able to leapfrog um, Corey Davis, but Crowder playing 83% of snaps. I wish that was Elijah Moore playing 83% of snaps, but I do still think that he is potentially worth an add. Whoa. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. I fidgeted and I dropped something. Um, but I do still think that he's worth an ad. I don't think I would spend any fab on him though. I think I would spend no. a dollar. Maybe that's about it. Now I, it, he was on his way to a real rough week until the end when Flacco came in. Um, yeah. yes, Buffalo gives up the least amount of points to fantasy or to wide receivers in fantasy football. So it's not really surprising that they had a rough week. Um, Corey Davis has been legit. When he actually plays, he outperforms pretty much everybody on that team. Um, he's had six or more targets in all games except for one. He's had seven or more targets in all games except for two. Um, so he's definitely the most consistent wide receiver that they have. And if you're going to start looking at snap share, yeah, Elijah Mitchell was, or sorry, Elijah Moore um, was fine when Crowder wasn't playing or when uh, Corey Davis wasn't playing. But now that they're both back, um, he's he's pretty electric, um, but they just have almost too many mouths to feed by the time they're checking down to to Carter and Ty Johnson. Um, that um, unless he scores a touchdown, I, his upside's limited and he's he kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Deshaun Jackson type player, right? Where he's electric if you can get him the ball. Um, it's but I don't know how, but, but I don't know how much they're going to be able to get him the ball. Yeah, um, you know, there's a bunch of other dudes. I guess we could talk about at receiver. Is there anybody that you care about at receiver that I missed? Um, I mean, again, if Allen Robinson's available, I think you should add him. He's he's way over. Um, yeah, I guess in our 12 team league, Ellen Robinson is available. Should he be picked up? Yeah, I mean, him and Justin Fields looked better in the last game. They had a bye week this week um, where maybe they got some things sorted out. Uh, Michael Gallup looked good in his return uh, to He's uh, very good. Playing, playing football this week. He's rostering 52% of leagues. He had three for 42 on five targets. Um, so he should be owned. Um, otherwise, like Robbie Anderson, welcome back to relevance. Maybe with Cam Newton. Uh, he had the touchdown this week. Uh, Marquez Callaway kind of seems to just like score a random touchdown every other week. He's got he's got a touchdown each of the last two weeks, um, but he's very touchdown dependent um, for the Saints. Otherwise, I don't really have a whole heck of a lot um, to add um, at this point. I mean, I'm going to mention the other Bears receiver, Darnell Mooney, uh, rostered in less than 50% of leagues. He is eligible. Did kind of pump off a little bit. I mean, I think he might be Justin Fields' favorite target, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, yeah, he is. Had a touchdown on the ground and through the air this week. 20 fantasy points at Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, he's a top... He's wide receiver 35 on the season right now. Um, so, I think that he would make a very good ad, actually. Go get you some Darnell Mooney and some Allen Robinson while you're at it. Yeah, if they're available. Um, now... The uh, the absolute singular must add player of the week of any position is, of course, the one, the only best running back in the entire NFL football league. That is Cam Newton. Um, so whatever. This is dumb. 
<laughs> what do you mean it's dumb? He led he led all quarterbacks with 12 rushing touchdowns last season. He came in through four passes, completed three of them for eight yards and a score. I'm back. I'm back. And then he also ran the ball in for another score. Why you gotta I'm be back. hating? I'm back. Why you gotta be hating? Back. Three carries, 14 yards, and another score. 12 fantasy points. I'm just maybe they're... he's probably starting next week. <laughs> uh so all, all joking aside here. Um especially if your league really um emphasizes running quarterbacks. He makes a ton of sense. They do have a ton of weapons between um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Dan. Is Dan Arnold there, right? He's yeah. been getting like seven targets a week. Um, and oh, yeah, by the way, they have the most electrifying running back in all of the NFL um, in Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy, um, with the exception of maybe Jonathan Taylor. But um, still, you know, a, a great back in. They put a whooping on the Cardinals this week because um, Cam Newton was back. Um, so I, I think he's a good zero add uh, if you're hurting at the quarterback position. Uh, from all indications, he's taking all the number one reps this week um, before they play Washington. Um, Washington's defense is down Chase Young. Um, and uh, but I mean, they. <laughs> they just they're coming off a game where they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so they're probably due for a letdown and Cam Newton will put them on their back. <laughs> oh, you're such a freaking hater. Oh, I said man. he's a good ad. I just wouldn't spend any money to get him. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't think you have to spend anything to get him, even if you wanted to. But um, I don't know. What about Kadarius Tony? Should probably not be left on the waiver wire. Um, Our guy. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like he doesn't play until Monday night, and he had one target last game. The dude is too good at football to be on the waiver wire. Um, Austin Scott. 105 yards on 13 touches at Denver. No, Eno Benjamin. Hey. Oh, you crapped on me after I said his name last week. Well, that, that um, was the thing that happened. Uh, Chase Edmonds is sidelined. Maybe, I mean, Chase Edmonds should not be on the waiver wire. He's a starting running back. Brandon, he's out for a month with a high ankle. Um, mm, that's true, but I mean, Connor's still a goal linebacker. Even when he's back, but I, I agree with you. He should not be available. Um, that's that's all I have. Do you have anything else, Alex? For the good of the order, um, I don't think so. Um, Tyler Conklin, um, or Hunter Ooh. Henry are are probably still the the tight ends to to own. Um, that are I mean Hunter Henry's tight end three on the year and rostered in 54% of ESPN leagues after a two touchdown week. Um, I mean, you want to talk about somebody who's been pretty productive. He's a touch. He's a touchdown in one, two, three, four, six of his last seven games, um, including two this last week. Um, he's been getting the end zone. The targets aren't necessarily there, but um, he's certainly doing something with them. Um, so yeah, him Conklin, uh, from Minnesota and, and Dan Arnold, um, the previously mentioned, um, he, uh, he has seven or more targets in each of the last three games, um, 10, uh, three weeks ago and then seven each of the last two weeks. So, um, he's been over eight fantasy points and a half PPR, um, and, uh, would, would be a good streamer. Um, only rostering 28% of leagues. Um, so that's all I got from the tight end spot. All right. Well, and if you were hurting on defense, don't forget about that SPD in the Miami Dolphins. Um, 
they uh, they're only rostering fifteen percent of leagues, um, and they have a pretty good matchup against the Jets this week. Um, so they they would be the streaming uh, streaming play of the week for sure, especially if two is playing, who's looked a lot better than than J- Mister Mister Brissett. Really, you think so? Yeah. Huh. Well, Alex, we're about to uh, check out here. And before we do, I just want to let you know what I'm thankful for. And that is our friends at Manscaped. Now, uh, when I'm sitting around the table next to my in-laws looking at this fabulous spread that's put out before me, uh, at, at holiday season, I'm going to be thinking about the lovely spread that my wife is going to get to enjoy later for <laughs> dessert. <laughs> um, and now I don't plan. To, I don't plan to tell my extended. <laughs> stop laughing. I don't plan to tell my extended family that I have the performance package 4.0. <laughs> From the global leaders in below the waist grooming. Um, you know what, everybody? Do your wives a favor and gift yourself Manscaped. Um, or, you know, ladies, get it, get it for the man. Show him how thankful you are for him this season. Um, or any of your loved ones who uh, could use a nice trimmed cornucopia this Thanksgiving. Um, use code SACOS while you're at it to get 20% off and free shipping. That's right. Use code SACOS, S-A-C-K-O-S to get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com. Enjoy the holidays. We got turkey coming up. I already had a Jason, Friendsgiving. What's your favorite? Jason, do, you, do, do, do you have a favorite type of turkey? Yeah, I like that dark meat. No, like a like a brand of turkey. Uh favorite type of turkey, like a brand of turkey. Yeah, uh, butterball. Exactly, and that's what your balls will feel like if you order from Manscaped.com using the promo code Sackos, S A C K O S at checkout for twenty percent off and free shipping worldwide. And that was not even in a ad read. We just came up with that, and I'm actually a little disappointed you got the right answer. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, legit though, uh, the body wash is in my shower and is a permanent. It fixture. smells really good. It's yeah. fantastic. So, okay. Um, do you, do do you have a favorite um, Thanksgiving dish? I feel like we might have talked about this last year, but I don't remember. I think we did, and I don't remember what I answered then. Uh, I'm not sure what I want to pick now either. Uh, I think it's a it just rotates. <laughs> No, it's a toss up, I think, for me between two dishes. One's like a cornbread casserole kind of thing. I don't I don't know. It's it's like a baked cornbread dish, but it's more of like a I think like a hot dish casserole kind of thing than like physical, just regular cornbread like cupcakes. And also uh, my mother's. um, What is it? The the green bean the with the onions on top whatever that is it's just green bean casserole yeah green bean casserole those those I are right to you i just really don't like eating anything that's green well it's amazing that you're in the shape that you're in if that's the case it's actually it's actually a good point um <laughs> what are your favorites I, alex i eat a lot of turkey i eat mm. a lot of mashed potatoes Okay. I eat a lot. I eat a lot of rolls. Mm, yeah. And with a side of Captain Coke. Oh. And and some some Detroit Lions football and Ooh. some Dallas Cowboys football. Nothing like watching a couple teams take losses. Wow. I mean, this year I'll be rooting very hard for Dak Prescott and the very underwhelming Amari Cooper. Very underwhelming, especially after after that week one performance, man. What's been going on with Amari? Yeah, well, he showed up with Cooper Rush, the one game that I didn't play him because Cooper Rush was his quarterback. 
Um, and yeah, that was the only other week that he had more than uh, looks like eight targets. But yeah, just four targets this last week, five the week prior. Um, after having 16 and 13 catches week one. Um, yeah, just just a little disappointing. We were both very high on him. Um, and CD Lamb's kind of been the guy there. Better Thanksgiving main course, turkey or ham? Oh, it's turkey. Yeah. And it's and it's dark meat turkey. It like mm. if if you're a white meat person, um you I would trust them. like I would like you to stop listening to us. That's because I that's a bit far. I, yeah, I don't I don't like you. I, I just I just I've never understood it's so dry. Like if if you have to tolerate white meat of turkey by covering it in gravy, that just means that it's not that good. And I like gravy, but dark meat is far superior. I guess my opinion please, is... Please, sorry, sorry. Please don't stop listening. We, we love you. I was going to say, my opinion is maybe if you have to soak it overnight in like with a bunch of lemons and vinegar and other shit, maybe it shouldn't be the main course of your large family get together in the first place. It's just because you have to do all that other stuff to make it edible. How about a nice slow roasted smoked beautiful wonderful ham that's what we did we had we hosted a, a friends giving on friday and we did ham it was delicious mm. Mm. it's thanksgiving you have to have turkey i i just it's fine it, it would feel it would feel weird if if you didn't but like you can't dry out the turkey because it's not good my parents have used like an oven roaster um, one that like sits on the table and it keeps all the moisture in better. Mm. Um, yeah, it's great. Now I'm hungry. Well, everybody, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the fantasy football sackos or listening. They probably or, listen or li- podcast. Yeah, probably listen. Uh, I'm probably. Stu- it's fine. I goofed. <laughs> I goofed. I really fudged up guys. Um, Anyways, we got a lot of cool stuff cooking up. I'm super excited for season three of the Fantasy Football Sackos. Uh, we got a lot of awesome stuff coming for you guys this offseason. I hope you guys stick around to check it all out. Did you did you want to debut the name of our cheat sheet or did you want to keep that one in the holster? No. Please tell the people. So. We think we're funny here at the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast no. that we we know we're funny. Sorry. If you could edit that out, I would appreciate it. We know that we're funny here at the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. And um, we have the word um, ball sack in our, in our name, which inherently we think is hilarious. And we get to say it every time we say the Fantasy Football Sackos. Um, so... We, we were looking at like draft sheets and, and things like that. And uh, I put together like a first draft of what our rankings would be on a cheat sheet. And Jason was like, what should we call the cheat sheet? And we came up with the Sacco sheet or the Sacco sheet or the <laughs> the the Sacco sheet is is what we're calling our cheat sheet. So, um, there will be a sack of sheet for you guys next year for your fantasy draft use. We're very excited. It's going to have links to individual YouTube videos for every player that you would draft. Uh, it's going to have rankings for the sackos by position and also overall. Uh, it's going to have all the buys. And did I mention individual YouTube links? for each and every player that we recommend, at least in the top 50 at running back, wide receiver, top 20, probably a quarterback. Um, it's going to be awesome, full of awesome content for you guys. And then also, uh, I think, links to more on our website. So it's, it's going to be a great little handout for you guys to all enjoy. 
Yeah, if you haven't yet, we'd really appreciate it if you subscribed uh, to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can search the Fancy Football Sackos, just type it in the Google machine. Uh, we, it should pop up um, on YouTube. Also, uh, if you could uh, subscribe to the podcast if you've not already, we'd really appreciate it. Um, we, I would plug the fantasyfootballsackos.com, but there's really nothing on there. You could see how bad our preseason rankings are if you really wanted to go check it out. Um, and things like that but yeah we're we're really excited we're really happy you guys are along for the ride uh week 11 uh upcoming best of luck to you as uh we're almost upon championship season and um unlike last year where i was dead uh we're not really losing steam like we're having fun we hope you guys are having fun listening uh we hope our uh exuberance is coming through for you guys and um just uh like, yeah, I, th- I think we're killing it. We've had a pretty good season. Um, there hasn't really been um, too much that we said that's really bad or stupid yet. So we'll, we'll work on that for you because we are the Sackos. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.